welcome to FitStory TV, the only platform that is focused on storytelling for fitness experts. Our mission with this podcast is to empower you to harness your vulnerability and lead with your story. If this is your first time listening, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out when we drop more fire. At one point, our guest today, Ben Azadi, was over 250 pounds, sitting in his room, playing computer games, eating Kentucky Fried Chicken every day, thinking about taking his life. And now he helps thousands of people worldwide take control of their health and lifestyle through mastering the ketogenic diet. As the founder of Keto Camp, he walks us through the journey that made him the man he is today and talks us through how he overcame the physical and mental pain of being obese to reclaim his life and go on to dominate as a successful entrepreneur. If you want to hear a story that motivates the shit out of you and empowers you to step into the identity you desire, then you're in the right place. Who's ready to record a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I love this shit, man. It's so cool. This is our jobs. <laughs> right? It's, we're blessed. Yo, 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 yo. What is going on, Fit Story fam? In today's episode is going to be lit. You can trust us on that one. I am here with my co-host, a man of the hour, Perry Power. What's going on, brother? Bro, what is going on? Guys, if you're listening in, I've just moved into a new house, which is amazing. New chapter of my story, which is probably why it's very echoey. It's actually quite echoey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is hilarious. I'm glad that you mentioned that. It sounds like you're just stuck in uh, the abyss or in a well. Oh, yeah. I've gone into a cave for the day. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome, man. And um, we're actually being joined today by the founder of the Keto Camp, which we're going to learn all about. Uh, and this guy is also a three-time best-selling author. You're a speaker as well, which is super dope. And uh, I've been checking out your socials over the last couple of weeks. Man, you'd be killing it, dude. Content is fucking fire showing up um like right now people can't see it but you got like the fully brand you're fully branded up you got like a sick office with the keto camp behind you and the keto camp t-shirts man i love it so um and also you got a killer story um we heard this for a mutual friend of ours uh, alex povey and um that's why i'm stoked to get into this man because i know that you know you didn't wake up yesterday with what you have and uh, there's definitely a journey there and um, some challenges that you may have experienced, man. And, and we were just really excited to dive into it. So thank you for being here, bro. Yeah, it's really my pleasure and honor, uh, Matthew and, and Perry. It's, uh, I heard great things about you. I've been listening to your podcast as well. And Alex is a stand-up guy. So I'm grateful that he connected us. And thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome, dude. It's awesome to have you, man. So look, man, we, we just love storytelling. And uh, the whole theme of this podcast is just to find out about you and dive into your backstory a little bit, some of the journey that you've been on. Um, and I know that, and I know this from just research, basically just researching you. Uh, I know that you were formerly obese. And when you say obese, what extent of obese is that just to give some context? Yeah, I weighed 250 pounds, 34% uh, body fat. So physically and mentally obese. Wow. Yeah, see, that's why I wanted to ask that question. Um, because there's, all, there's levels, isn't there? People don't really know. That's amazing. And you're far from that now. I mean, you look like you're buff out, man. You're in shape. Yeah, you've got, the, you got, the, you got it all going on. So what I want to know is if we were 
you know, to be able to backtrack, if we were to be able to go back some years, everything pre-fitness, pre-business, pre-transformation, like, what did your life look like, man? What was it like for you growing up as a kid? Um, talk to us a little bit about that, man. That's like my favorite part of the whole podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to share. Uh, so my parents actually immigrated to America, to Miami, where I'm located right now, from Iran. My parents are from Ar Iranian. They came here, my mom and my dad, they had my sister, and then they had me in the 80s. My mom did the best she can with what she had. An immigrant, didn't even speak the language. She had to learn it through Sesame Street. That's how she learned English. And wow. she was a manager, an assistant manager at Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is a fast food restaurant. So she would bring me back home every single night, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I ate that Kentucky Fried Chicken just about every <laughs> single night. Who wouldn't? She, I know, right? I mean, come on. Tastes damn good. I mean, I wouldn't do it right now, but when I was a kid, I did it. Uh, and she did the best she can with what she had, right? And she worked three jobs. My parents ended up getting divorced, so I lived with my mom. But she was never home. She was always working. So I had this house, and I had all this time, and I was eating fried chicken every single day. So my body weight started to balloon. Uh, I gained weight, uh, weight year after year, and my associations were terrible. I, I was hanging around with people who were in gangs, that, who were doing drugs. I was doing drugs. I was selling drugs. I was addicted to video games and I was not inspired to do anything but just get a high score on Madden. Madden football was my, was my jam back then. And I was pretty damn good, by the way. <laughs> That's a cracking game, man. I love it. Oh, dude, yeah. Dude, hours on end. So my lifestyle was very poor and it showed up with my physical appearance, but also my, my, mental, my mental fortitude. I didn't have any mental fortitude. I was not reading books. I barely scooted my way through, through school, which I got kicked out into night school to finish late. Uh, so my life was was totally different than what you see today. I mean, you see a healthy, fit person who's an entrepreneur who has a podcast and books, but it was not even close to that. If I would to explain, go back and tell myself, hey, you'd be doing this in 20, 20 years, I'd, I'd laugh and say, yeah, yeah, sure, dude. I would mm -hmm. not have believed it back then. So it wasn't until, uh, by the way, this transferred into my adulthood, my early adulthood. Uh, it wasn't until I was 24 years old, which was back in 2008, that I was in the worst shape that I've ever been before. I was actually rock bottom, my version of rock bottom, where my ex-girlfriend broke up with me. We were together for over three years, and she, she left because the relationship was going nowhere, rightfully so, because all I wanted to do was play video games. And I didn't want to you know, do anything about going out. I was hurting all the time. My back was being blown out. At this point, I weighed 250 pounds, as I mentioned. And I was physically obese and mentally obese. When I say mentally obese, what I mean by that was my girlfriend left me and I didn't know how to handle it. I was so devastated that I was depressed. And depressed is an understatement. I was suicidal. I was actually on the internet every single week looking for ways to kill myself. That's how bad it was because every time I was in a room by myself, I would think about ways to hurt myself because I was tired of hurting. I was tired of dealing with the pain. I was crying. Mm. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't read books at this point in my life. I didn't do any kind of self-development ever. And it showed because I was a, a, a mess. Mm. But every time I went on the internet to look for ways to end my life, I thought about my mother. I thought about what I would leave behind for a woman that I love so much. And it stopped me. I, I did not want to do that to my mother. I did not want to do it to my family. So it, thank God that I didn't pursue that because of that, because of my mother. So I had this, a decision to make. 
am I going to just stay down there in the dirt? Or am I going to do something about it? I was not going to end my life. I, I determined that. So enter what you see behind me. Uh, you two see behind me, not your listeners, but books. I have all these books behind me. I started reading books from uh, authors like Wayne Dyer and Bob Proctor, and then eventually guys like Grant Cardone. It changed my life. It opened up a whole new world that I never knew existed. And it helped me realize that, oh shit, I am responsible for the results I've been getting. It's not my genetics that people say. It's not my enabling family members. It's not Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's not any of that. (laughs) It's me and the decisions I've made to that point. So it helped me understand that I am a victor of my future, not a victim of my past. And I put my foot down and said, I am responsible. And I got to tell you something. Nine months from that moment, after making that decision that I am responsible, I took action with my health. I went from 250 pounds to 170 pounds. I went from 34% body fat to 6% body fat. So I finally, for the first time in my life, carved out a physical six pack. But you know what was more important than that? I carved out a mental six pack. And that is more important than a physical six pack any day. And that's what started Mm -hmm. me off into the health journey. And that was that pinnacle moment in my life. Uh, uh, yeah that's that's powerful i'm interested to know with you saying that um you got a lot of books behind you and that started from somewhere was there a book when you started on that journey of reading that really catapulted you and really shifted a few gears in your mind moving forward yeah the first book that got placed in my hands from two of my best friends was the slight edge uh which helped me realize the daily decisions you make they will compound over time Uh, So it helped me make better decisions because I knew that the secret to my future is hidden in my daily routines. And this book helped me realize that. So The Slight Edge was kind of where it all started. And then it kind of went to the Wayne Dyers and the Bob Proctors and understanding more of uh, getting an awareness of my thoughts and that my thoughts dictate my future. Mate, you've said some really powerful stuff already. And we barely even like, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm loving it. Um, and I've just got a question whilst we're on this part of the, the story now, um, because I do like, I genuinely believe that everybody has a story that somebody needs to hear, you know, that's what we, that's our whole core belief in our brand. And I'm just curious when you were 250 pounds over, you know, just obese and overweight, both mentally and physically. And, you know, you're just having these suicidal thoughts. You're really fucked up. Do you think if you heard, there's just a question. I'm just really curious to find the answer from you do you think if you heard your story now back then that that would have helped shift the narrative for you yeah like, absolutely without a doubt uh, with certainty it would have shifted the narrative for me but during that time i was rock bottom i had to be so low that i needed something to, to get myself out there if it was before that i don't know i don't know if i would have had that, that uh, motivation or inspiration to change my life. I had to hit rock bottom and use that as a launch board to spring out of. But yeah, I, I do believe that if I were to listen to my story now from somebody else, when I was rock bottom, it would have made a huge difference for myself. Yeah, man, 100%. And, and you know, you're so right as well, because we talk about the five S's. You may have heard of the five S's before. You have the struggle, the search, the system, the solution, and the success. And like where you were was in the struggle. And when someone's in the struggle, when they're deep in the struggle and they're really fucking find it hard to like, even just live on basic, like it's very hard for them to change that narrative. It's very like, you don't, you know, you, cause you're just locked into victimhood and, and that's just how you see your life and you're struggling. It's only when you go, like you 
said, into the rock bottom that you then shift into like a new space where you're like, I've had that rock bottom. That's enough to wake me the fuck up. And now I'm on a search. I'm trying to find something that's going to help me move myself forward. So what you're saying is bang on point, man. Um, and, and I can already relate to some of the things that you've said today. So, um, man, I'm, I'm excited to continue to dig deep into this. So all of the KFC compounded over time, but you haven't managed to burn it all off. Do you still eat KFC now or not? No, no, not, not. ever. No, I don't. <laughs> with ketogenic, you could get away with some. Uh, actually, no, you probably couldn't. There's probably nothing you could eat on the menu. Yeah, you could. You could eat some fried chicken on the keto diet, but uh, that's yeah, not yeah, something yeah. I, I do. <laughs> I choose not to. The days of fast food are gone. <laughs> yeah, I've seen what it does to me, so I know, I know. Right, that's powerful, man. So what was the, the, the obviously the catalyst for you to change your life and, and move into fitness was, was quite clear, you know, that, that you just reached the rock bottom and had to shift through it. But I'm curious, when you start off on that journey of losing weight and, and going through that process, um, was there any moments where you just experienced like a real fucking setback that just knocked you off course? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great question as well, because I, I like to talk about that journey because I kind of just skipped over that whole process of the nine months. Like, how did I go from 250 <laughs> to 170, right? Like, it just didn't happen overnight. So I knew that in order for me to achieve something in my life, I didn't know what it was going to be. I knew that I wanted something more because at the time when I was 250, when I decided to take responsibility, I was the manager at a packing and shipping store, actually right down the street here in, in this area called Bay Harbor Islands. I was there for four years and I had plans to just be there and just grow my salary there. I didn't have any aspirations to have my own business, be an entrepreneur, but I knew I wanted to do something because I started to read books and it really inspired me. But I knew also that in order to accomplish greatness, I needed to have the energy and vitality to do it. And at this point in my life, I didn't have any of that. I was taking naps at work. I was not functioning at a high level. So I decided, okay, I'm going to start with my health because health is our true wealth. It pays the highest dividends. If you don't have your health, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It starts with your health and that'll help me accomplish the other things that I wanted to accomplish, although I didn't know what I wanted to accomplish. So I started to work out, but here's the deal. I didn't, I was so ashamed and I had so low, low self-esteem, low confidence that I didn't want to go to a gym and be seen. I started with uh, P90X. Are you familiar with P90X? It's uh, like an online, yeah, so you are. Barry's familiar with it. It's an online program where it's, you just work out in your room. And, and I did that 90 days at a time. And I just started doing this workout. So I started to work out and I, it sucked. It sucked. I was sore all the time. I had never worked out in my entire life. And I was just walking around like I was beat up, like I got hit by a truck, but I just kept pushing forward. And then I would go to parties and events and all my friends were having beers and they were drinking uh, beer and eating chips and, bat and hot dogs. And I decided I'm committed. I'm going to get my six pack abs because at the time that was my goal. Uh, so it sucked because they would make fun of me and call me a little wuss and say, you, you know, you could cheat on your diet and it sucked. But here's the formula. Suck, 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 cess. I embrace the suck and I just kept pushing forward. And all of a That's sudden brilliant. I was, thank you. Yeah. And I was getting results. And you know what? My friends started asking me, how are you doing that? Like, how did you lose the weight? So there were setbacks. Absolutely. It was not a straight lineup. It was definitely up and down, but it's never about the setback. It's always about the get back. It's about beating yesterday. I'm not in competition with anybody but myself. And if I could just beat the previous day and keep pushing forward, I knew that I was getting towards my goal. And that's what I did. I understood that. And I just kept pushing forward. And that's mm -hmm. what manifested in the results that I got. And I'm sure you carry that over into business today as well. Same deal, same mindset.
Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. No it transfers right in. So did you, cause obviously keto is, um, I've done ketogenic by the way, man. I'm a fan of that diet. Um, <clears throat> because when I, but just give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, when I competed in bodybuilding, I was before that I was like, I was overweight and I was unhealthy. You know, I was eating fast food a lot. And although I was training like a bodybuilder does like doing a lot of, um, a lot of time under tension and things like that. Like I was training like the generic bodybuilding splits and I was lifting heavy, but I used to eat a lot and I was overweight. Like my belly used to hang out and where I used to drive a van for a living, it was uncomfortable having a seatbelt over, you know, that kind of level. So not like obese as fuck, but just not happy with the way I looked. Um, and when I actually went into bodybuilding and I was um, approached by the guy who ended up mentoring me for over nearly two years, um, an amazing human being I've spoke about so many times on this podcast. And um, the diet that he put me on, he's a clinical nutritionist, been in the game for like 40 years. He's fucking phenomenal. 14 national and international bodybuilding titles under his name. Wow. And, um, yeah, he's a phenomenal guy. Body like a Greek god at 56. And you wonder like, he just puts other people to shame at half his age, you know? But the diet he put me on initially, um, cause I only had seven weeks to prep for my show because I started late and normally a bodybuilder would take anywhere between like tw 12 weeks minimum to get into shape. That's if they're already in okay shape. Right. <laughs> so I had like a lot less time to get the work done. And, uh, he said immediately the first thing he said, right. Oats, grains, wheat, rice, all that shit is gone from today. You're going ketogenic. I was like, what? Sorry. Cause I I'm like traditionally eaten. traditional eating is, is you have everything on a plate. You have your carbs, your fat, your protein, it's all on one plate. And that's just how it is. You know, that's how I was brought up. You have your potatoes, you have your chicken, you have your greens, like whatever. So to go from having a, 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 um, an, a, a, an attachment to carbohydrate to then removing carbohydrate altogether and only having 30 to 40 grams of carbohydrate, but from fibrous vegetable was a very fucking hard transition. However, I did make it through that seven weeks. I made it through the prep and I got into the most phenomenal shape of my life. And, uh, and that was because of that diet. That diet really enabled me to strip that fat really quick in a healthy way. Uh, I felt like uh, the first 14 days were shit. They, they, oh man, <laughs> that first 14 to 16 days, I honestly, I wanted to kill myself at certain points. I was like, this is horrible. Like I really did not like it. And almost overnight, it was like, I had all this energy, man. I was waking up in the morning really early, like eyes wide open, fucking training really hard, you know, <laughs> where my body had obviously made that adjustment and switched to ketosis. Yeah. So I'm curious to know in your situation, when did you make the switch to keto? Or was that something that you did? early on like straight away or did you was you was you dieting by you know if it fits your macros or whatever and then came into ketogenic dieting yeah great story by the way thank you for sharing that thanks man uh it was in uh 2014 that i experimented with keto for the first time actually i went into ketosis or experimenting with the ketogenic diet from being a vegan for a year and a half if you can imagine that i was a strict vegan 100 percent plant-based diet for a year and a half for 15 months and then I decided, well, it didn't work for me, by the way. Um, it, I, my health suffered because of it. Uh, and then I decided, okay, uh, I heard a lot about healthy fats, low carbohydrates, started studying some guys, reading some books. I'm going to experiment with this ketogenic diet, which was not as popular as it was, as it is right now. And uh, I got phenomenal results. I started testing my ketones and I started to feel better, like you mentioned. 
And then I started to really research this diet and what it does. And I found out such amazing information on it. So that's when it all kind of started in 2014. The way I teach keto is uh, something called keto flexing. So I don't believe we are meant to be in ketosis forever for, for years and years and years. I actually think that's detrimental. I teach it as a way to reset the hormones, reset the metabolism, teach the body to burn fat as its primary fuel source, but not the only fuel source. We want to have that metabolic flexibility to go back, back and forth, sugar, fat, sugar, fat, but mostly burn fat. Uh, and it's so powerful. The ketones fuel the brain. The ketones bring down inflammation, extend life. It's, it's such an amazing process. So that's where it all started back in 2014. Mm, I, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because um, I agree, man. I, I agree. I think ketogenic dieting isn't something, especially for someone like me who trains hard, like in the gym, I'll go in the gym and I'll bang weights for like an hour, you know, and that type of resistance training on a ketogenic diet, just keep purely ketogenic long-term is probably not great for me. Um, you know, my body does, when I train and I'm putting myself under extreme amounts of, of tension in the gym, um, carbohydrates is like a, it's, it's the fuel source, you know? So, but in that prep period, there was definitely like, that's why I came out of ketosis toward the end. And then I kind of dipped in and out of it over the next space of like 12 months. So I agree, man. So you went on this, this is fucking such a cool story already, man. But you went on this journey and you start and you're doing the ketosis in 2014. Was that at the point when your friends were asking you how you did it and how you got into shape? Was it at that point that you decided that you wanted to help others? Or was it another point that became clear? It was, it was uh, pre prior to that. It was in, uh, so my, I gotcha. went through my transformation in 2008, 2009. And then what happened with that packing and shipping store I was working at, they went out of business, uh, which was a blessing to me. At the time, I was freaking out where I'm going to get my money. <laughs> but <laughs> at the, it, it forced me to figure shit out. So I, I wanted to be a personal trainer because I got into the fitness and I, and I had at the time social anxiety and I was very awkward in, in social situations to the point where like when I was going to a grocery store and checking out the register, I was just like getting anxious from, I don't know what to say. I can't look at this person in the eyes. I would not even look people in the eyes. That's how bad it was. But I wanted wow. to be a personal trainer when you work where you work with people and look at them in the eyes and touch them and show them how to do things. So I had to, I had to really, say, sorry to interrupt, but man, it is a fucking powerful transformation you've been through, dude. You're a completely different human being. To what yeah, you, man, it's powerful. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, thank you. And and it's 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 great to share this because I kind of forget that this is my that was my life for a long period of my life. So thank you for that acknowledgement and allowing me to share. Uh, so I wanted to be a personal trainer. So here's what I did. This is this is a funny story. I had my 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 sister. I lived at home with my mom and my sister at the time back then, and my sister moved out of her of the house. So. Her bedroom is what I converted into a little in-house in -house gym that I did my P90X. So I said, I'm going to have clients that I personally train and they could come to my house and I could train them in this room that I developed as like a little gym, the size of like this room here. So I actually went on Craigslist. Craigs, are you familiar with Craigslist? It's like a, an yeah. online, you put ads, yeah. So I said, uh, my first ad was South Florida's most affordable personal trainer. That was the title of my ad. $35 or maybe no, it was $25 for a 60 minute personal training session, which is really, really cheap. I mean, that's you're undervaluing, undervaluing yourself at that price point. 100%. Yeah. So I, um, but I had people say, Hey, yeah, let's do it. So I had strangers, people I've never met before 
knock on my door with cash saying, yeah, I'm here for the personal training session. And that's how I got my feet wet, dude. And then I had my friends reach out to me and say, can you train me? So my friends were paying me $25 for the hour. And that's where it all started. So I became a personal trainer. I launched my first company, which was called Shred Fat Incorporated. That was my first company. Uh, and then I opened up a CrossFit gym. I used to own a CrossFit gym in Miami. So that's where it kind of all started back then after my transformation. Got you. Did you expect it to boom? Because like now I know... I, I've been, like I said, I've been following you for a bit and um, like you're doing, you're doing well now, you know, you've got your businesses set up, like I said, all branded. You, I think uh, 20,000 followers on Instagram that engaged as well. Not one of those bullshit fugazis that buy followers and then don't have any engagement. Like you, you've got a great following um, that's engaged. So like, did you expect it to all go boom? Did you expect to be doing what you're doing now? No. And you know what, if you were, if we had this interview like a year and a half ago, um, it'll be a different conversation because I've reached more people with my brand, with my company. I've, got, I've made the biggest impact more so in the last year, I would say more than the last 10 years combined. Wow. Okay. So no, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down every single, every single year up until this last 12 months, the last 12 months have been the biggest growth. More people have been impacted by my reach in the last 12 months than the last 10 years combined. What do you think changed? Wow. I got really, really honed in with my niche. Keto Camp launched a year ago. Wow. Okay? I had shred fat. I was all over the place. I was talking about different things. I was not talking about a niche. And what changed was this. I was uh, doing a seminar with Bob Proctor, who I love. I think he's uh, one of the cool. most amazing. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, his, his Bob Proctor's um, meditation was huge to help me get over um, a little anxiety and I couldn't get to sleep a couple of years ago. And Bob Proctor's um, meditation completely transformed me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's amazing. I'm, I'm happy that you did that with Bob Proctor. His meditation's great. So I do all of his uh, live stream conferences. So I was doing one and, and um, he said something on one of these conferences and he said it before, but this time it clicked with me. And what he said was, find somebody who is doing what you want to do or has done what you have want to accomplish and reach out to them and pay them to teach you what they've done. And I've heard that several times and I knew that it makes so much sense. But at this time, which was summer of uh, 2018, so over a year ago, I said, oh shit, I got to actually take action with this. So I started doing some research. I looked at some people who have done, and I reached out to a gentleman, his name is Sean Croxton, who uh, had one, actually the number one health podcast for so many years. He was one of the most, uh, the original people on the podcast platform, a podcast called Underground Wellness, which is no longer new episodes, but it's still there. And I said, Hey, can you teach me everything you've done, man? I love your branding. I love what you've done. And we hopped on a zoom call like this and, uh, I paid him to coach me. And that's where keto camp got developed. We brainstormed, we got really focused on the niche. He said, Hey, you're trying to help everybody right now. You're going to help nobody. And the riches are in the niches. And we developed keto camp because I loved keto at the time and I still do. And I mm -hmm. love fasting. So that's where we honed in. And then after that, we were committed to this message. All the creativity followed. So that's where we launched the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is the number one platform for me. It's the number one thing people have found me from my, my channel launch. I just reached my one year anniversary on my YouTube channel and I have 63,000 subscribers oh, on it. I there. saw the post. Wow. Congratulations. That's really good. Yeah. Thank you. And, and that's very hard to do on YouTube. So I started mm -hmm. studying YouTube like a seven figure business. I didn't treat it like a hobby. I, I'm treating it like a business. So that's the number one reason the branding, 
getting really focused on who I want to reach out to my niche and then using YouTube. And then secondary was my podcast. Then I launched my podcast in, in July, which I think podcasts are, uh, you got to be on a podcast. You got to have a podcast like what you guys are doing right here with Fit Story. So it was a combination of things. I, I've been taking massive action, but it's been focusing on the niche, using YouTube, and then launching the podcast has been a big game changer for me. Mm. Dude, congratulations on that, man. And you know, I said it a minute ago, but I'll say it again. The transformation that you've got that you've gone through is like you're not even the fucking same person because at one point you said you had anxiety standing in a queue in a grocery shop. Now you've got sixty-three thousand subscribers on a YouTube, which is this platform where you record yourself and broadcast it to the universe. Yeah. So um man, fucking you've done well, dude. Um what an incredible journey. You really have. Thank you. Thank you. Mate, you're welcome, man. I, I, I always recognize when people are doing good shit and when they're working hard, and that's definitely um, inspiring to me. So that's awesome, dude. Um, there's actually a lot of coaches that will be listening to this, a lot of fitness coaches, a lot of fitness influencers that also would benefit from uh, what you just said, you know, because a lot of people are just floating around. They don't really know who they're helping. They're trying to help everyone. And, and in fact, they're helping no one, you know, and you really do have to reframe that and you have to go what specific type of person do i want to help so my question to you is are you helping the old version of you with keto camp or is it a different demographic a different type of person are you helping the old ben like is that the whole thing behind your branding or, or is it someone different yeah it's uh partly yeah i'm helping the old version of me somebody who's overweight doesn't know which direction to go towards obesity is is crazy here in america and everywhere worldwide uh, but I'm primarily actually helping somebody who is um, diabetic. Uh, I like I like I like working with somebody who is who has that reversible disease because uh, my father actually had type two diabetes for most of my life. So he I saw him suffer every year after year after year before I understood the disease. And back in 2014, going back to where I started keto, that's where actually my father got his life taken from him from this disease. He he suffered a massive stroke from diabetes. And back then, I still didn't understand the disease, and it really lit a fire into me. It, this is my why. My, mm. my transformation was more of like a, I got into a hobby. Yeah, this is fun. But the death of my father is, is why I do what I do because I, I've come to realize that he died from a lifestyle disease that was treated with medication, right? So the doctors were giving him medication. Huge mismatch right there because if, if li diet and lifestyle – caused the disease wouldn't diet and lifestyle reverse the disease right it makes so much sense right now but right back then the doctors did we were not talking about diet we were talking about which medication how much should he take so he ended up getting a massive stroke in the hospital in the er he was there because he was having these di diabetic neuropathy pains and he was so worried about getting his feet amputated because that's what happens when you reach that point of the disease that he was so stressed out in the hospital that he suffered a massive stroke and lost the ability to speak and function. So he was in a hospital bed for nine months back in 2014. And I visited him every single week and I watched him just deteriorate and deteriorate to the point where his life was taken from him. And as soon as he passed away, I was just so uh, a whirl of emotions. I was very sad. Obviously, my dad, one and only father is no longer with me. But I was also happy that he's not, no longer suffering. And I was very curious at that point in my life. I wanted to know what happened to my dad because I did everything the doctors told me to do. So I started really researching this disease, researching the, what's happening in America and in the world. 
And I came to the conclusion that the information that I now share to the world is the same information that would have saved my father's life. I would have saved his life with this information. And I also understand and know that I was given that mountain so I could show the world this mountain can be moved because up until that point, I was treating this as a hobby. And ever since my father died, it went from being a hobby to a duty and a responsibility to get this information out there. So I am on a mission, uh, Keto Camp, myself, my company, Keto Camp, we're on a mission to educate and inspire 1 billion people on planet Earth. And that's the demographic I want to reach. I want to reach somebody who is going from doctor to doctor with stacks of, of paperwork and labs, and they're being told, hey, you know, everything looks normal, and there's, you know, use this medication, and there's a better way. There is a better way. The body is amazing. It knows what to do. You remove the interference, it will heal. So that's my demographic. It's powerful, dude powerful yeah. I know that what you've just said will be powerful for perry as well yeah i don't know if you know much about my story but my my dad he went down a, um, he was also a diabetic um and he went down a journey it started off him drinking the drinking got more then he wasn't eating as much he became more negative he was fighting his inner demons then diabetes came along in january 2017 and then in uh First of June, 2017, he then had a heart attack. Well, he actually, paramedics came around to even out his blood sugar levels. They said, we've got to take you down to the hospital. That was it, nothing, nothing major. Then he actually had a heart attack in the back of the ambulance van and didn't make it to the hospital at age 48. And, um, and that was just literally one of those days where I woke up and I was like, my dad's going to be here today, you don't know any different. And, but I see that as one of the best things that ever happened to me. He was my best friend, but, if he didn't pass away, the Fit Parent Movement, which was my online fitness business, would never have existed. And I wouldn't have helped so many parents not go down the same road that my dad went down. And, um, you know, universal intelligence, if there's a message, if you're open and abundant enough to allow it in, you'll see a message no matter what happens to you. Yeah, I yeah, think right it's on. just really, really important, man, because we, we talk a lot in our program, we talk a lot about... Um, something that we call the fit story identity shift and essentially the idea behind it is that you know for most of us as fitness coaches uh that that are out here trying to help someone it is usually uh the higher percentage is wanting to help the old version of you like the old ben or the old perry you know, perry was skinny when he grew up because he's so tall right he's lanky so <laughs> he's like it was always skinny but this is the thing that's not the only time that you can, because a lot of people aren't, aren't, basically the reason I'm saying this is a lot of people aren't serving who they want to serve and it's not fulfilling them. Like I'm sure that you get fulfillment from serving who you serve, right? 100%. Like, no oh yeah, doubt. absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Because you're aligned to your mission and your message and what you're doing and your vision and it gives you fulfillment, you know, and there's nothing that can battle fulfillment. Like you could pay me all the money in the world, but if I wasn't fulfilled, I probably wouldn't want the money, you know? And you know, you're helping, essentially, you are helping the old Ben. You're helping the old Ben indirectly because you're helping other people who may be going down the same path as your dad. But by helping them and saving their life, you are stopping that parent or that person, that brother, that sister, whoever the fuck it is, you're stopping them from having their life taken, which is indirectly helping the son, the brother, the mother, the whoever it is in that person's family. And the same thing for Perry. Perry was helping not the old version of Perry, the skinny version of Perry, but he was helping the old version of Perry by indirectly helping him. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I totally align with that. Yeah, I am. And Perry is and we are. And uh, Perry, that was a powerful story. I didn't know that. And uh, I totally get it. Um, and I applaud you for seeing the, the gift in that. Uh, and uh, right on, brother. Uh, right on. Thank you for sharing that. No worries. I appreciate that. What I love about storytelling, man, you see how it just opens people up, dude, and connects people, you know. I'm sure that that's um, definitely deepened the connection. I know for sure it has for me hearing your story here today. Is There's definitely deepened the connection that I have with you. You, you know, you're not, you're not just Ben at Keto Camp, you know. You, you've been, you've had this powerful story, man. So, um, bro, what have you learned about yourself from being in this? Because I know we're conscious of time. I know we don't have long on this podcast today, but what is the one thing that you've learned about yourself over the years from being in this industry? Well, I mean, the one thing is we have our greatest power is the power to choose our, our thoughts. And that could be for any industry. I mean, that's just human, a human being thing. So that's my favorite thing to talk about is that we could create a heaven from our, our thoughts or we could create a hell from our thoughts, but we get to choose that creation. So if we could get the awareness of choosing a thought that's going to serve our future, which whatever you're doing in this world, that's where the magic lies. And it's not really magic. It's just, that's the way it works. That's a lot of people they're thinking. So we think about 60,000 thoughts every single day. That's the average 90% plus of those thoughts are usually the same thoughts from the day before, from the week before, from the month before it's the same thoughts. And those thoughts are usually negative thoughts. And a universal law states, whatever we feed energy to expand. So by that definition, and by that statistic, that means we're going to get more of the same, which is negative. But let's say we start getting aware of our thoughts. And every time we have a negative thought, because it happens to everybody, we have the awareness to choose a better thought. The way I see thoughts, when I get a thought that does not serve me, I'll look at it as a cloud, let it pass. And then I'll choose a cloud, a better thought that's going to serve me. Uh, so self-limiting beliefs, um, thinking you're not good enough, thinking you're not smart enough, thinking how could you scale this business? All that has nothing to do with who you are or your potential. It has everything to do with your conditioning, with your paradigm, with your past experiences, with your programming, but you could unlearn and then relearn. And that's where it lies. It all starts with the thought, this headset, this computer, everything around me all started with the thought before it manifested. So if we could have the awareness to change our thoughts, it'll change our, our life. And the story, I'm going to share a little story since this, we're all about stories here. There's a story about a, a baby elephant that was born in Africa. And this baby elephant, they put it to work immediately. As soon as it was, as soon as it was able to walk and run and move things around, they put this baby elephant to work day after day after day. After a long day's work, they would tie these shackles to this baby elephant and then stake it into the ground and leave that baby overnight until the next morning where they put it back to work. And night after night after night, this baby elephant would try to break free and live a life full of freedom. And it would try to break away, but it was just a baby elephant. It cannot break free of the shackles. So eventually it gave up trying to escape. But what ended up happening is years later, when this elephant is now a full grown beast capable of pulling 10 times its body weight, a railroad cart, whatever it wants to do, same ch shackles, same chain, put it to its ankle, stake it into the ground, and this elephant will not try to escape. It could easily go break free and live a life of freedom. 
it will not escape. It will actually sit there and die. The only thing that will move that elephant is if a fire was lit behind it. Mm. That's because it was conditioned to believe that it's stuck. We've been conditioned to believe that we are the old person. I'm, I was convic- con- conditioned to believe that I had social anxiety, that I'm obese, that I can't do these things. But you cannot escape a prison if you don't know you're in one. So the mm. first thing is to be aware. And the second thing is you take action. And that's what I would tell anybody who's doing anything in any kind of field. You have the awareness, you change your thoughts and everything changes for you. So fucking true, man. I'm big and so is Perry. We're big on universal intelligence, man. And just honing in on your thoughts, you know, and, and switching your perception. You know, I always say this thing where, you know, if someone says to me, ah, you know, I've had a shit day. I'm like, are you sure you've had a shit day or did you react to the day in a shit way? <laughs> yeah, I'm like great question. Sure the, yeah, I'm like I'm pretty sure it's the latter, but okay. Cuz uh, this is the thing like a day is 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 it doesn't have it doesn't wake up the, the day doesn't start just trying to piss people off. Like it's indiscriminate. It doesn't it doesn't have any moral no you know no, no moral compass. It doesn't it, it it can't have a feeling or emotion. It's just a day. It's just the cycle of the fucking universe. Just it just happens that it just has to happen that way. That's so, right. The only thing that makes it shit is if we say it's shit or if, if we say we're going to struggle, then we're going to struggle. And it just is, it bleeds into everything. Our thoughts, like you said, things are created twice. Once as a thought impulse, second in as manifested in the physical reality. So damn dude, I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> right this on brother we're, we're all on the same we're on the same frequency right now dude we need to get you back like I, i'm i know i know we've probably got just a few more minutes now and we'll wrap up but dude we would be fucking pumped to have you back on uh because i feel like we've only just really scratched the surface as well with some of the stuff that you could share so um dude we have to do that if you're only i'd love to back. Yeah. let's, let's awesome. rock and roll again yeah amazing so bro where can people come find you there's obviously be some people in Apple that may want to come and follow you business coach uh, fitness coaches uh, even some of the business coaches in fact might want to come and follow you and see what you're doing because you've blown up your business and, and you've done amazing things on that end of that aspect uh, uh, the spectrum as well as your personal you know so um where can people come and find you man and, and connect with you yeah well if you want to learn youtube go watch me on youtube see what i'm doing because success leaves clues and just model what i'm doing so youtube.com slash keto camp that's uh, camp with the k follow what i'm doing on there if you'd like to learn about keto and fasting you can watch the videos as well i also talk a lot about entrepreneurial principles i throw in some sprinkles of mindset uh, but it's primarily a keto and fasting channel again the riches are in the niches but go find me on youtube and then Instagram is at the Benazadi. That's T H E B E N A Z A D I. You can follow me on Instagram and then just look up Benazadi on any of the platforms you'll find me, but I'm very active. And then lastly is I can't forget to mention this, my keto camp podcast. Uh, my podcast is um, hit as high as number 13 in the U S alternative Amazing, bro. Uh, fit, uh, health category. Yeah. It's got almost a hundred thousand downloads in less than in five months. It's crazy. So it's, it's really blowing up. If you want to learn more about the, uh, my podcast and hear about my guest and learn about keto and fasting, that's the podcast to go to. It's called the Keto Camp Podcast, and that's where you could find my stuff. Dude, I was hoping that you was going to plug your podcast, man. I was going to ask you if you didn't of mention course. it. You say, bro, plug the podcast. <laughs> if I can plug it. You um, got to do it when you're giving an interview on a podcast, right? <laughs> you have to. It's like an unwritten yeah. rule, right? Yeah. Uh, 
mate, maybe maybe you're looking for a couple of uh, handsome British dudes to come on and share some value around their story. Who is it? I mean, I, who knows? I mean, it's just you know, just a thought. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. But thank you very much for joining us today on Fit Story TV. This has been a blast, and I'm really. Yeah. To this drop before you before you finish the recording i want to acknowledge both of you guys i, I love your energy love uh, what you talk about here on your podcast i'm going to be listening to more episodes as well so i want to acknowledge both of you for allowing me to speak on your podcast and just having that that awareness to educate people there's a lot of people out there who feel like they're alone who are depressed who do take their life but if they listen to episodes like this you guys are saving lives here you're doing phenomenal work and do these guys a favor and leave them a rating and review on this podcast. Like, leave it a rating and review because it really helps this show get to more people. And if you're getting value from it, it's kind of your obligation to just take a few seconds to leave the show a rating and review. And also take a screenshot of this one that you're listening to with me and tag me on it on Instagram. And I'll be sure to share it on my story and we'll get some other people following you back. It's all about abundance. It's all about creation. We are not competing here because amateurs compete world-class collaborate Ooh. so go help these guys out they're bro, doing great yeah, thank you so much bro you've said so many like badass things that oh, we will struggle sure. we'll struggle to put a one minute clip together for the program <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a good, that's a good problem yeah, yeah it's it a good problem man thank you so much dude for joining us plugging us and uh we're just really really excited to drop this episode man thank you again Thank you for joining us on another episode of Fitstory TV. We do appreciate it. Everybody has a story that somebody needs to hear, and it may be that someone in your network needs to hear one of these stories. So we do ask two things. One, that you subscribe, rate, and review. And two, tell a friend about this podcast.